0: Bond. James Bond. Oh!
1: Hello.
0: Aren't you in the wrong room, Mr. Bond?
1: Not from where I'm standing.
2: Alright, this is Nate Hammond from Tonic Pop, and with me today is Ormsby. Lou- <laughs> <I can't twist>. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me try again. Okay. And with me today. Oh, man. Okay. Can you get and with me today is Ormsby. Luke Ormsby. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, shaking not Shaking not stirred. stirred. Yeah. Alright, so yes, uh, if you haven't guessed by my fluffing of my opening line, we're talking Sean Connery, um, which is timely, of course, because Sean passed away. He is an absolute film legend, and I know probably the uh, latest generation doesn't may not appreciate it because he stopped creating films quite a while ago. Yeah. Um retired. Yeah, but for our generation even though he is much older than our generation from a totally different generation than us, he was an absolute legend. He was just one of those figures that was in just a a massive presence on screen whenever he was on screen. Uh it's just one of those actors I think that um you know even in he had a ton of bad movies he had a he had a ton of great movies he had a ton of average movies he had a ton of good he made so many movies that he he did so many movies it was so prolific that of course he's going to have a great mix of good and bad but even in the worst of the worst his presence he was good was yeah it was worth watching he's just one of those actors that you know just for the fact that he was on the screen it was worth watching they were like we were just talking about before
3: that we couldn't remember that he was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. But then right. when you think about, he is in a very short scene. Yeah, <laughs> it's just for example, and he was good. He only had like four lines. He did, yeah. Where he yeah. married, uh, the married. the cameo. Yeah, mm. and he got paid a bit of money for that cameo.
2: Yes, and what did he do with that money?
3: He donated it to charity. He did, donated it. Mm. So
2: he was very um, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. How much? Two
3: hundred fifty thousand so, dollars.
2: Yeah, for like four lines. Yeah, something so, like that. So, so he got he's such a legend that you know the obviously the um, directors knew that it was worth having him just for that short space of time, in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, um, and got paid two hundred fifty a quarter of a million dollars, <laughs> and he donated all of it. To his own uh, uh, charity, which is. Well, that one, difficult. I'm not sure.
3: The, no, the one uh, that we were talking about before was he donated one of his um, salaries from. Diamonds of Forever. Yeah, Diamonds of Forever. Yeah,
2: to. Oh, I'm going to. It's, it's an education. That, yeah. It's a Scottish education yes. charity, anyway, that he started uh, trying to that, remember he the name, co-found, yeah. that he helped co found. That he helped co found, right, right. And so there was another charity that he donated his. Robin Hood salary too so he was a great philanthropist great charitable yeah. guy um and an all round legend what what more have you got to say about him let's you got some trivia there
3: some trivia yeah yep for starters I I didn't know I didn't realise that Sean wasn't his first name right <laughs> in all the years uh, his name is Thomas Sean Connery Thomas yeah and he was known Scottish as, name I think he was known as Tommy when he was younger right and um but yeah, he decided to uh, take on Sean as his first, or as his known, what he was known by. Yeah, yep. He was
2: voted People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive, 1989. 89. So yeah, yeah he, how old so he died 90 in 2020, he wasn't, so. it wasn't,
3: wow. Well, would have been just 89. past middle-aged, so. In 89, he was,
2: wait, is that 59? Oh, so 30 years ago, about.
3: He was 59.
2: So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So it was almost 60 and you got voted sexiest, sexiest man. man. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad for a bald guy at 60. <laughs> you know, that's not what you expect. Like if you have to paint an image in your, like if you describe that. Oh, yeah. This this older bald guy is sexiest man <laughs> in the yeah. world. But, yeah. you know, anyone that is a fan of Sean Connery or even knows his work would, uh, yeah, do
3: and I think it's like you're saying it's before, like uh, his it was his presence as well, you know, which
2: is hmm. why he was such a good James Bond and all that kind of stuff. Um What was he doing in eighty nine that would make him make him stand out? Eighty nine, well he'd done He ripped through a few movies around that time, I think. Yeah. Indiana Jones
3: came out in nineteen eighty nine. Was that when
2: India? Yes, yeah. okay, okay. So I
3: mean if you think of him in that. Well the mm. funny thing about that too is that um he played um, Harrison Ford's, Harrison Ford's father but he was only like 12 years older 12 years older yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Harrison Ford <laughs> interesting <laughs> but it works so well in the movie like mm. you believe that their father and son. yeah 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 but yeah that wow. was the year he was voted success Man Alive. so he had
2: so he had James Bond had Han Solo when he was 12 <laughs> <laughs> wow exactly that's a mind bender so yeah so James Bond he's most well known for Um his yep. first James Bond role was in Doctor No his first film actually though was called wasn't what the heck was it called it was an Errol Flynn movie it was um, uncredited Yeah. name of the lilac or lilac something I can't remember it's an Errol Flynn movie uh, but yeah when he was probably 24 I want to say around that mid 20s but his first he really shot to fame when he was cast as James
3: Bond James
2: Bond Now, the funny thing is that he started going bald quite early. Yeah. And we were talking about it before and we wonder if, so he wasn't bald when he got cast as James Bond and when he got cast as James Bond, Ian Fleming didn't really, Ian Fleming the um, author of James Bond, Mm. when he got cast as James Bond, Ian Fleming was a little bit unsure of of him in that role. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, apparently he wasn't. Wasn't convinced. Yeah, 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 and I mean, and you, I guess when you're an author, you see, like we talked about, Anne Rice not being sure of um, Tom Cruise being listed, yeah. you know, and then until you see them in the part and they pull it off, and so uh, Sean Connery was able to pull it off in the end, and Ian Fleming was impressed enough to uh, give him his um, well wishes and yeah. you know his tick of approval. So we were talking about. I wonder if Sean had was going if he had been going bald when it was first cast if he wouldn't have got the part and then he wouldn't have gone on to yeah. well, he, i wonder i just yeah i know i i don't think he would have <laughs> no 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 and that's not i mean and that's no, not saying anything against being bald but yeah just for the fact like it, i
3: think that they i mean if if ian fleming already had an issue with him to start with then mm. that definitely wouldn't have helped the fact of what he had in mind for James Bond and I think that was the issue in the first episode. Yeah place.
2: well our so, first yeah. episode we talked about Michael Caine and how he kind of broke barriers by being this you know um, eyeglasses wearing kind of mm. um, gawky sort of uh, uh, leading man which was sort of breaking a glass ceiling in a way and uh, and so back then it was there was this sort of well like I said his first film was with Errol Flynn who was the Quintessential Hollywood leading man at the time, and since then yeah. it's changed a lot. And so, sure, you can be, you can be the Rock, um, you know, you can be Terry <laughs> Crews, you can be whatever. You can, you can be a bald leading man. But back then, there was an image, uh, you know, of a Hollywood leading man. And I just wonder if that might have, you know, thrown the directors off or the casting agents off. So, kind of glad it, you know. So by by the time he got to Goldfinger he was having to wear a toupee, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
3: he originally started losing his hair at 17. So he was pretty wow. young. Wow, okay. Yeah, and then, um, so I guess, I mean, he was already losing it even when he got cast as James right. Bond, but he had,
2: he hadn't, you know, he, he, had enough he hair. still it had a full... He didn't have to wear a toupee or anything. Yeah,
3: and then um, and then as they went on, uh, he's they started using various techniques to make it, make the most of the hair that he did have. In that role. And then, yeah, but from Goldfinger onwards, he wore a toupee as uh, James Bond, which is interesting.
2: He was actually voted the uh, um, in a poll. What was it? The Radio Times poll in the UK voted him as the favorite of all the James Bonds by uh, James Bond fans. Sean Connery was voted number one favorite, um, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. I, I think he actually portrays him. I like Daniel Craig the best because he's my type of james bond me too But when i think of like a classic james bond i do sean connery to me is just epitomizes it you know Uh, well
3: he he's he's he's, set the mold and i agree he was he was my favorite always until uh daniel craig and I, i agree i like um daniel craig's james bond but um but yeah he was the Original,
2: yeah, right. Yeah. And we might, maybe we don't bang on about James Bond too much because that might yeah. might come up in one of our lists. And if it doesn't, we'll talk about it in our, um, you know, in honourable mentions. But I think it might come up in our top five list. We'll see you and see. You. Um, but yeah, he went on to just star in a ton of films after that. Um, he won an Oscar for one of them. I don't think he's won an Oscar for any others. I think he's only just won the one Oscar. I think so. Do you no. know? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's probably going to come up too. So I'll hold on, that, <laughs> hold on to that one. Um, but he was honored with an uh, American Film Institute Life Achievement Award, as well as a Cecil B. DeMille Award um, at the Golden Globes. And of course, he was also knighted. So he is Sir Sean Connery. Yep. Yeah. For his contribution to the arts, to film. But um, yeah, as I said, he's just one of those rare actors that you can just watch. Like, there are very few that you can just watch we've talked about keanu reeves i think he's one of those ones he can be in a bad movie and the movie itself can suck but you enjoy watching keanu reeves and i think he's one of those too and i think yeah sean connery is one of those as well i just enjoy i just just enjoy watching him on the screen like he doesn't have this a big range in regards to sort of accents um but (laughs) that might come up too (laughs) yeah yeah but um so he kind of does the same accent, but he does, he does play a variety of characters, though. But uh, I was... Sorry,
3: sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think when we were doing Alice. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think if he'd ever done an accent. I don't... I, I think... I, don't, I can't think of a time where he just didn't have a Scottish accent.
2: Let us know if you're listening to this. Jump on our Facebook page and let us know if we're missing one yeah. where he actually does an accent you know different to what his normal uh accent is um yeah because even when he's a russian (laughs) even when yeah he plays (laughs) he does play different internationalities um you know from from an irishman to a russian but his accent is always the same and yet somehow he's still believable yeah. <laughs> what the hell like it's just yeah, can't, he's just so stately and just so yeah. I don't know there's just there's just <laughs> something about him that you can't knock it um, so yeah so uh, yeah what, a couple of more bits of trivia about Sean Connery so uh, well, we'll go to our top five. yeah slides. something
3: interesting yeah. he was formerly uh, worked oh, he filmed, sorry he formerly worked as a coffin polisher yeah um, really? and the milk delivery man okay coffin polisher yeah and oh. on the sexiest man <laughs> alive thing he was voted in 1999 he was voted sexiest man of the century by people magazine as well what yeah really yeah of the century of the century wow hundred
2: years the see and so he was number wow. one wow beat out like an errol <laughs> flynn
3: like yeah bar out. that's yeah that's awesome and i guess uh he did span you know, quite a lot of time. Like you've yeah, yeah, you'd yeah, been in a lot of movies over a lot of decades. So.
2: Well, like yeah, it was like in and the late Sean, um,
3: sorry, James Bond. You know, being that kind of role too was over. Yeah, he played that. Icon- for, it
2: was iconic, and because yeah. it was a franchise, so Did um, say
3: seven times. Did we say that?
2: And he, so, if his first film was in yeah, seven times. So he is James Bond seven times. Mm. Uh, he and so let's see. So fifty four. When was it was when he first. It was his first film, yep. and his last one was, um, of course, uh, well, not of course, not everyone knows, but League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So when was that? That was his. That was his last live action. That is, he did a. I was gonna say, yeah. did a voice character, um, for animation that was pretty bad. Apparently, I haven't seen it, but it <laughs> him, <a> terrible. <laughs> did thing. it get like zero like, percent on? That? Got zero percent on <laughs> Tomatoes or something. <laughs> yeah, Sir so so. Billy sir billy or something yeah so it was quite Mm. quite horrible so let's just forget that that happened although extraordinary gentleman didn't really get very good reviews either but he was again good and worth watching it for sean connery alone
3: i remember there being some uh, i should have looked this up but um some issues around that he i think Uh, yeah had a bad experience during that right um, right during the filming of that you think that might have been the catalyst for him just
2: going "Ah, i've had enough I, I think track. it definitely
3: didn't help I think it was mm. yeah but I don't know if he'd planned that and it was supposed to be kind of a you know a big movie that he went out on or right. if he just decided to
2: it is a shame that he didn't really get to go out really get to go out on something and he's, massive but
3: yeah And but I think like you said like I, I really enjoyed him in that movie yeah yeah. yeah. and, and there, were, there are aspects of that movie that I really liked um, I think just
2: overall as a whole piece it didn't work that great but great concept it's yeah such a good concept yeah uh, it's unfortunate it, it just didn't it could have been a really pulled good pulled together
3: movie. well mm. and I think uh, that's what he had an issue with
2: so so it's a shame he didn't go out on something but it was a good concept and it just didn't work so obviously that one is not on I'm gonna guess it's not on your top five <laughs> list it's not on my, my top one. five list that's it's your be- number one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dang just ruined um, it but yeah but, but like <laughs> even with that movie or with other movies that were even mediocre his performance um, just for the fact that he was on the screen would elevate the film um, you know and and make it worth checking out and there's only a few actors that can actually pull that off and Sean Connery was one of them R.O.P. Sean Connery
3: yeah it's um, interesting too because you know like a lot of the time um, or actors or you know artists so i'm retiring and Mm. then they'll do one more and then another (laughs) yeah yeah
2: (laughs) but he actually did (laughs) actually just said not had enough
3: yeah done Um,
2: and he did that like you said he did that one voiceover
3: for an animation but but he never did a full movie must have
2: been for a mate or something i don't know
3: must have been something but
2: yeah but also another bit of trivia he was uh did he come third in mr universe yeah back in the day that's right um
3: yeah nineteen fifty three he entered mister universe contest wow. and he finished third in the tall man's division
2: <laughs> There used to be a tall man's division yep <laughs> is, it, is he tall i think Must he be. is reasonably yeah. tall yeah yeah um I think
3: he's over six foot oh or really? around six foot
2: oh wow, huh he's got a build that it doesn't look like he's he's not like a gang he's not lanky lanky or, so yeah, yeah. or anything so all right. Yep, for some uh, top fives now, favorite fives. Or you got some more cool trivia? Why before we not? Do? You ready for <laughs> it? Yeah, I was
3: just gonna do the. Oh yeah, so he's one point eight eight meters. So that's just over oh, yeah. six foot, isn't it? Six foot two.
2: Six foot two. He's six foot two.
3: Wow. Yeah, six foot two. So. He doesn't.
2: I don't, I don't see that on the film.
3: No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And I guess yeah. Wow. Well, there we go. When he's
2: yeah. So I came, guess when he's playing with shorter people too, they kind of angle it. Must you know, be yeah. Do it, yeah. So there we go. He came third and Mr Universe in the Torman's division. Torman's division. What? <laughs> that was pre-sort of Arnold Schwarzenegger times when you know it, was bit it all blew out. It was a bit different. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have the physiques. It was more just sort of fitness physiques. And yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? Or are you? Up? Why not? Let's do it. Um, okay. So here we go. So this is our favourite. Ready five. to dive in. Sean Connery films so yeah, it's not the best or anything like that we're not being overly critical but just the ones that we really enjoy our favourites so that's how I've done it anyway yeah um, mostly yep I, I think I'd mm. agree with that for me yeah. we started off trying to do top fives and we realised a lot of people do top fives let's just do our favourites and yep. and um, see if they gel with other people that are listening out there so yeah, these are my my, top
3: my number five. one is definitely my
2: favourite movie of his or that he's been in yeah, yeah right okay Um, Hmm. Actually, I might be off on it. Okay. I I thought I could maybe predict (laughs) Luke's one. I'm not sure. I'm not not betting anything on it, but we'll see. Okay. So what's your number five? Okay. So so my number five is a
3: movie from 1996, Mm -hmm. and it is called The Rock. All that
1: stands between a city and a disaster The power of this chemical is way beyond anything you can imagine. That's why you're coming with us. is a man who's never seen combat. you a chemical freak. <laughs> I'm a chemical super freak, actually. and another who's been out of action for 30 years. Show us on the blueprints. I can't. My blueprint was in my head. Fortunately, some things you'll never forget. But don't worry. It'll all come back to me. From Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, the producers of Top Gun and Crimson Tide, and Michael Bay, the director of Bad Boys. Welcome to The Rock. We got visitors. Sean Connery. you sure you're ready for this? I'm doing my best. Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Yeah. Nicholas Cage. Listen, I'm just a biochemist. I drive a Volvo. Beige one. So what do you say you cut me some friggin' slack? Ed Harris, this summer. Get ready to rock.
2: Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: um, The Rock, uh, Michael Bay movie. Mm. I remember really enjoying The Rock when it came out and I okay. uh, watched it back in the day. Um, I haven't re watched it in a while, um, but I do remember, um, Sean Connery, uh, you know, his charisma in that role where he's the thief yeah. and, you know, and he has to break into <laughs> The Rock mm. and, um, yeah I think I think he just The Rock being Alcatraz yeah sorry yep I think he played that part really well and it's got it's a good Nicolas Cage performance Mm. um it's got Ed Harris in it
2: yeah those those three I think really just um glued the movie together really well Sean Connery Ed Harris and um Nicolas Cage yep that was kind of Nicolas Cage becoming an action man
3: yeah Yeah. hmm before uh, Conner and stuff like that,
2: and um, yeah, and, and uh, Ghost Rider and stuff, and yeah, so I I really think it was those three characters that kept the movie together. Where it could have been like a bit of a flat script and stuff like that, and you know, I I guess the concept, uh, I guess there was lots of cliche and and trope and all that sort of stuff, um, and expected twists and turns. But the I guess the um, where it was placed was kind of cool, like yeah, you know, like yeah. taking it onto Alcatraz, and I know films that you know Birdman of Alcatraz and stuff. It's it's not like it's never been done, no. but all about breaking in to yeah. the hardest prison <laughs> to break out of was like a really cool twist yeah. on that idea. And Sean Connery was the one who had to break in, right? The FBI recruited him, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
3: he was a, he's like an ex con, mm. um, chemist, and yeah, and um, he's got to lead the counter strike uh, against a rogue group of military.
2: Michael Bean is a perennial sort of B list action hero that steals us the um, scenes from the A listers. He's always good. I, yeah. I, I, I always enjoy him in movies, yeah. and yeah. Like, I don't think you could ever call him an A-lister, but mm. he's been in a lot of sort of A-grade movies or, you know, um, blockbuster yeah. movies, Terminator and uh, Aliens and um, Abyss and stuff like that. But Tombstone. Yeah, yeah. We talked about Tombstone That's the other right. week when we were talking about Val Kilmer. He was um, Johnny Ringo. Yeah. And he tends to be able to like, he can steal the scenes from the A-list actors. Yeah. And you know, but he could probably walk down the street and not get recognised by yeah, myself, yeah. like real sci-fi fans. And yeah, yeah so he yeah. he was great. Ed Harris. Ed um, Harris makes me think like maybe there's something to being bald that makes you age slower because. He like I look at like Patrick Stewart and The Rock and Terry Crews yeah. and Ed Harris just seems to be the same age all the time. He looks the same. Yeah, just, <laughs> I mean, even when he's in Godfather, he's not that much different. <laughs> no, it's just the same, same guy. But um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So uh, so who do we have? Ed Harris, C. Michael Bean. So it was a great cast, and as I said, the, the three that glued it together was Ed Harris, Nicolas Cage, and um yeah and of course Sean Connery who is our man of the moment um, who was the uh, the ex-con yeah yeah the teamed, ex-con up, recruited up with to the, uh, save the day yeah yeah, yeah. teamed up with the um, chemical guy you gotta love those stone. stories yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it was cool
3: mm, yeah no I um, I enjoyed that movie <laughs> and I actually made me uh, just on this list it's one that I wouldn't mind re-watching watching again yeah okay and he almost plays like a, a kind of James Bond-ish type
2: character. I guess he does, yeah.
3: yeah. Um, a little bit of a different
2: spin on it. Um, so my number five is Finding Forrester. Yo, you ever seen him? The
1: window? Nah. But well, you see us, man. In a forgotten corner of the Bronx.
2: You stay away from the window's place. Whatever, man. I'll go up there
1: something hidden is about to be found a lot of aspiring authors talked about writing the great 20th century novel William Forrester did it this was the only one he chose to write someone legendary mr. Forrester was unavailable for comment I bet he was is about to be discovered have you seen And something extraordinary is about to take place. I was wondering maybe I could bring you some more of my writing. Bolt the door, if you're coming in. That's you, isn't it? If I ask you not to say anything to anybody. And if I ask you to keep helping me with my writing. There'll be no questions about me or why there was only one book. The question concerning your most recent work isn't whether it's good. Punch the keys! It's whether it's too good. Yes! You're the man now, dog! This holiday season... You don't think he wrote it?
3: God, he's a basketball player. From the
1: Bronx. Find your passion. There's a question in your writing suggesting what is it you wish to do with your life. Find your courage. It's a melancholy truth that even great... great men have poor relations. Dickens. Do you know what people are most afraid of? You will hear the beat of a horse's... tiffling. What they don't understand. Come on, Professor Cole. Get out! And find out...
2: You let me take it on this one, because you're too scared to walk out the door and do something for somebody else.
1: ...what you're made of. Columbia Pictures presents... My name is William Forrester. I'm not one up there. Academy Award winner, Sean Connery. They got some contests at school his writing thing. You ever enter one of those? Once. Did you win? Well, of course I won. Like money or something? The Pulitzer. Finding Forrester.
2: So, um, this came, This is a, a Gus Van Sant, and it's not like, uh, if you know Gus Van's sort of stuff, it's not quite typical. in line. It's not typical of yeah. his stuff um but but he does do this sort of thing every once in a while so goodwill hunting which i think is a superior movie to this one but is similar mm-hmm. um which came out before and this was almost like a almost like a follow on to it similar story but just different characters and um you know instead of being some you know a white kid prodigy is black kid prodigy and but still mentors and that sort of stuff so with robin yeah. williams was the mentor and Goodwill. We had um Sean Connery in Finding forrester and he is such a great sort of he, he comes across so well as one of those mentor characters. Um, you know, an old uh retired author who is just sitting around with binoculars and yeah, yeah and then and ends up you Being know cynical and people. Yeah, cynical and <laughs> and and ends up finding his way into or uh into the life of a, a neighborhood kid from the bronx and becomes a, so this recluse author you know becomes a mentor to this kid and and um and there you have it so it's just one of those heartwarming stories i think and it can you know you can pull it apart um and call it cheesy but it's it's like mozzarella cheese where it doesn't break very easy so it is quite stringy and so you can try and pull it apart but it just goes for miles and miles and miles so it's nice and you can you can wrap it around you you can wrap yourself in the cheese and and it actually feels it's such a nice feeling movie yeah um, yeah definitely yeah yep. so i like i don't like overly cheesy movies too much but this one for some reason yeah it, i think it's you're right that's got common. that Maybe it's his style, but it's got that same kind of
3: feeling as yeah. uh, good will hunting, where it's kind of, you know, it's got those aspects where it uh, has those feel-good moments, but it's not, um, it's not overdone. I guess. No, I don't I yeah, mean, I think so. Not too cheesy.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll find critics that'll say it's overdone, it's cheesy, and it's and it's well below sort of Gus Van Sant's standards. Yeah. This is not him. This is not his quirky nature, but, um, you know, I I liked it that's why it's my number five I just I just, it's just such a warm fuzzy film yeah um, without being sickeningly sweet yep. yeah and of course because it's, Sean Connery was a mentor you know he sort of has that sort of nice I don't know he gives it uh, he hardens the edges of the character
3: yeah yeah, yeah. Still got um, 74% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got a decent score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, you just find the oddness, I say, and You get the odd sort of elitist snob. <laughs> 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 I'm a Ghost Van Sant fan and this is not him. Yeah, so. yeah. And, you know, I've seen a few kind of reviews that indicate that. But uh, no, I I dig it. I really yeah. dig it. And I like I do love him as a director as well. Like yeah. I said, I think I pulled out one of his movies before. What, well, I'm trying to remember. What was it? Um... Oh, Keanu Reeves. When we're talking about Keanu Reeves, my um, own private data. Oh, uh, yep. So yeah. Hmm. Okay. So yeah. So Finding Forrester is my. Yeah, it's a good one. One. It didn't do well at the box office. It kind of bombed. Um, well, not. But, uh, I don't know what it cost to make it. I'm going to assume it cost but I couldn't find what it cost to make it. But it only grossed sixty six million. So it may have been probably borderline making its money back. I'm mm. going to guess. I don't know. I either.
3: feel like, it, I mean, I don't know if I'm right or not, but I feel like it was one of those movies that kind of flew under the radar at yeah. the time. Um,
2: probably more of a DVD movie. Yeah. I think I remember seeing it after it came out. Right. Well, yeah, on, on DVD. Well, it came out in 2000, so, you know, in the height of DVDs. So, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think it really did well at the box office itself. Yeah. Um, But yeah, definitely. It's one of the well, it is one of those ones that you can watch in the comfort of your home and you probably enjoy it in the comfort of your home more than in the movie theater, to be honest. So yeah snuggling up with a you know nice glass of i don't know what do you drink Luke? martini <laughs> hot chocolate <laughs> hot chocolate <laughs> martini like shaken not Pipsy. stirred yeah, <laughs> yeah. with That's a nice a, hot chocolate with you know, marshmallows on top yeah, yeah one of those good. films yep. it's, it's a marshmallows hot chocolate it's a hot chocolate marshmallows film yeah so finding forester is my number five number what's your number four bro
3: my number four Number four is a movie that came out in 1990, the year after he was voted Sexiest Man Alive by People Ooh, being seen.
2: 1990. Yeah,
3: uh, I think you might know what it is. Yeah. It is uh, the first time we, I believe it was the first time we saw Jack Ryan as a character in uh, Tom Clancy's The Hunt for Red October. Mm.
1: The most brilliant commander in the Soviet Navy. <laughs> Rami has trained most of their officer corps. He's nearly a legend in the submarine community. The most deadly submarine ever built. This thing could park a couple of hundred warheads off Washington. Nobody'd know a thing about it until it was all over. And once more, we play our dangerous game with our old adversities the American Navy. His plan is a mystery. A man with your responsibilities reading about the end of the world. Apparently he has suffered a kind of nervous breakdown in which he announced his intention to fire his missiles on the United States. he wants to help you hunt him down, kill him. Open the outer doors. Firing point procedures. We save. To history i'm going to blow him right to mars ramius might be trying to defect you're just an analyst why can you possibly know what goes on in this mind i'll give you three days to prove your theory correct i am not field personnel i am only an analyst you're perfect i'm expendable he's defecting willing to bet your life on that from the best-selling novel by tom clancy from the director of die hard my orders are specific. Battle stations. Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin, James Earl Jones, Scott Glenn, Sam Neill. The Hunt for Red October.
2: That's right, Alec Baldwin. Yep. There's Jack Ryan. Right. Yep. Um Good
3: cast. And this is the one we were kind of talking about before where uh, Sean Connery plays a... A Russian submarine captain yeah yep. yeah yeah. so he was a yeah so he plays a a rogue so- Soviet naval captain yeah um, who wants to defect to the United States um, but I think if I remember correctly it's like will he won't he yeah, the whole yeah, way yeah. through thriller, trying so to guess mm. what's going to happen and uh,
2: yeah is he really yeah. just trying to defect or is he yep. has he got nefarious motives is he coming to attack yeah, yeah so what's going on here yeah mm. But um, yeah, he Marco Ramius. He plays it
3: with uh yeah, and he plays that with a full Scottish accent. Mm. Uh, <laughs> r- yeah.
2: Russian. He's a Russian Scot. Yeah, <laughs> Captain. So, but Captain. he still pulls it off, and even the critics don't it hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh, like. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, like I hated I hated, and I've said it before in a previous podcast. I could not stand that Kevin Costner had an American accent on. And Robin that Hood. was that was what the following year, nineteen ninety one. Yeah they had that. <laughs> but for some reason Sean Connery he can do whatever the hell he wants you know we've talked about Keanu having bad accents too yeah. but who cares? he can do whatever he wants because it's Keanu yeah. this is Sean Connery he can do whatever the hell he wants there are some actors that you you just say well they're so and so so they can do whatever they want I yeah. don't care it's all good it's all Sean, good. Connery. <laughs> Sean Connery whatever he can yeah he, he can whatever he can, if he says he's Russian he's Russian if he says he's Russian he's Russian that's right if he wants to be play Gandhi you know whatever he yeah. can just do whatever he wants to play Mother <laughs> Teresa he can do whatever he wants because he is Sean freaking Connery <laughs> so yeah so but yeah, so, the Scottish Russian Captain Marco Ramius yep yeah that was a cool movie it was a good movie really good yeah. movie yeah Hunt yeah. for Red October I liked
3: the. I enjoyed the follow-ups as well with Harrison Ford, but um, but yeah, this is the first introduction. I think it was a good one to the character of Jack Ryan. And um,
2: have you watching John Krasinski at all? I have. You have? Is it good? I haven't seen it yet. I really like it. Okay. All right. I just started watching Treadstone, so I've got to. Oh, that's good too. (laughs) We only choose one thing at a time. Otherwise, it just you enjoying that? Yeah. 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 Well, I've only watched one episode. Okay. Ah, okay um i watched it with you the kids the and, and marie <laughs> was like oh i don't know it might be a bit too yeah does it get real bloody it wasn't uh, Too bloody, it's just kind of violent action yeah it is it's pretty
3: violent oh, I think. okay yeah all
2: right i'll be aware of it then there it
3: might be not. some tough scenes to watch yeah oh, okay but um it i really yeah i really enjoyed dreadstone yeah okay mm, i wanted yeah. more when I got to the end. <laughs> oh, really? How many seasons
2: is it? Just, well, I think it's... Oh, jeez. Just one, two? I think it's... Is it just one? Or oh, okay. Maybe it's two. That's right. You don't have to, um, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we usually pick one. But the new... I think I like... Like, John Krasinski, how the hell is he pulling yeah, off a Jack Ryan? Season, I don't so know. Far. He has not got the face for it, but yet he does. He yeah. He sells it, man. It's cool. Yeah. I really enjoy... I like so I like do. John John Krasinski. Mm. And... um. Yeah, it works really well. He's become the new action hero of our yeah. sort of time. I think. Yep. I think you know if they make a if they remake a, an Expendables in ten years, fifteen years, you yeah, know, he's going to he be, be one of those that. ones that'll be brought back. Yeah, right, for sure. Hmm. But yeah, but um, Tom Clancy's Hunt for Red October, great ad- um, adaptation. Uh, and have you read the book? I uh, uh, not this one. Not no. this book. I've read yep. a couple of Tom Clancy's. Um, you know, I'm not a Tom Clancy. Um, yeah. Fa- well, I don't want to say not a fan because it sounds like I don't like it, but I like his stuff. But yeah, yeah, I've got other authors that are ahead a yeah. lot of him that consume my time, and so yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, no, I haven't read it, but um, sort of a noir detective sort of guy like Ian Rankin yeah, sort of yeah. stuff, and yeah, but um, yeah, I used to like James Patterson until I got to his about third or fourth book, and then it just, <laughs> I was like, oh, what the hell, this guy, man. <laughs> started oh, other people's voices started occurring i'm like oh wait a minute what is he doing and then you start to see that he's just got other people writing for him and
3: yeah. uh
2: yeah right but anyway that's off topic um but no i like tom clancy and i've you know i've read a few of his books but i didn't read Humphrey's have you read it no i haven't no, I read it I haven't read it. Oh. it was a movie so it hmm. <laughs> was a movie so you don't need to read it i yeah. didn't read the book right <laughs>
3: Um no sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's alright.
2: What's the last book you read? <laughs> what, <laughs> what are you what reading now, that? Luke? What are you reading now? What am
3: I reading now? Yeah. Uh to the test. I'm not reading anything at the oh, moment. Shame. You don't have a book by your bed? Everyone has to have a book by their bed. I have I, mean, read I do have a night, book by my bed. Yeah. What is it? It is uh Dan
2: Brown. He's actually an interesting read. He's got good I think he's a good story creator. Yeah, I, I kind of don't fall in. Love. A lot of his rhetoric sort of sp- throws me off, but I don't mind. I, yeah. li- I liked them. Um, I like. Re- I've read most of his stuff just because. Yeah. Da Vinci Code, you know, as much criticism as it, and they got a lot of criticism. I still, I enjoyed it actually.
3: I I enjoyed Da Vinci yeah. Code and uh, Angels it's a Popcorn and Book. Yeah, and I yeah I I read those before the movie came out, which is yeah good. Right.
2: movies. Oh, Angels and Demons until that. He got a bit stupid at the end, the way he was able to save his own life with that. I don't know if it's a spoiler. People are. <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm actually trying to remember. I'm like, what happened? To this? It was so like it was like,
2: oh come on! It was one of those ones. I, can't I just even remember now. My eyes rolled. I it and demons didn't have that sort of like triple yeah. X. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call it triple X two standard now. Like if it <laughs> if it if it hits a triple X two standard, which is a low bar, then I know they've. <laughs> yeah and it was one of those like yeah because yeah. Cause he was trying to be such an it was trying to be an intellectual read and yes and it, and feel it like was it tried there it, were many parts that were it but tried a bit too hard yeah, yeah. We've are gone you, so are you talk talking about, about the, the movie or the book the book yep. yeah yeah well, and the movie obviously but yeah because yeah. so, I feel like
3: uh, I mean the books are so much more mm. detailed they're quite you know, long yeah, yeah, books, yeah. even the Da Vinci Code. Um, I thought they did a pretty good job of the adaptation of the Da Vinci Code. It's, I thought you know, there's so, a few yeah. things that aren't quite the same, but they're kind of forgivable in in mm. the setting of making a movie. You know, yeah, of to a, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, to a book. No, um, I enjoyed it. I enjoy enigmas, um, you know, set within yeah like, like this was, and you know, you get to try and figure out little clues and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, yeah, I like that. And I that's like
3: that's it. what got me reading. Really.
2: But yeah. Um, yeah, no, this. The Dan one. Brown. That's what we call um, going to the toilet for a number twos in our house. We call it having a Dan Brown. <laughs> Do you yeah. really? Yeah. Because um, I think I think um, <laughs> someone was reading a Dan Brown in our house and left it next to the toilet, and we're like, "Oh, there's a Dan Brown in the toilet." And then from then on, it became the code for having a number two. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm just that's, just taking a Dan Brown. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, it's so good. I can't even think of the name of it. Oh my oh, Digital Fortress. Digital Fortress. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, that's not like, uh, yeah, I like that one. It's, it's just, that's just an yeah. action. That I've yeah. been reading it for a long time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all right, man. I've I keep right, I've,
3: like I've, losing my face and then like, oh, yeah. Anyway, I've, I've got, read other stuff in between, but that yeah. one's been one that's been sitting on my bedside for a long
2: time. Right. You, follow, you read a little bit and then you start to fall asleep and yeah. Yeah. I've got. I've got Goethe's Faust that I've had next to my bed and I've been trying to it. it's a small book but it's it's kind of a hard read because it's old old archaic English and yeah. um it's a tough read, but yeah. I really enjoy like some of it but yeah it's I've had it there still haven't finished I've read it before like years ago and thought i am gonna and I think. I'm going to say six months and I still haven't finished it. I'm like halfway through. Uh, yeah. yeah, Wow. Because so I just read a little bit every night and then I start to fall asleep. And then I wake up a bit again and I go like, okay, I can't read that. i got to read more of a, like an action novel or something. So yeah. I start to read that. So I've got like five books next to my...
3: Yeah. My, wow.
2: Yeah, things that
3: I I'm not half a, read. I mean, I should, I should say I'm not a huge reader. I am obviously more of a movie.
2: Yeah, but you're so busy buff, as well, but, man. Um, like you don't, like you must come home and just like almost veg out yeah yeah <laughs> like you just got a call from your wife going like you know you know you've been for ages because <laughs> you've been working in your house and then you work in you know all times you know yeah. at the movie theater so nah <laughs> come on man it's forgivable um yeah so so that so we've gone X-Men, way off yeah. topic but that's all right um it's fun fun times uh so that was number four for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that all right <laughs> has anyone signed off already okay so number four okay so this, this is we started talking about detours. Tom Clancy and we went on a big detour um, yeah you haven't right. even done your number four yet I haven't done my number four yet alright cool yeah so we started talking about Tom Clancy and we started talking about books that we're reading I'm actually rereading Ray Bradbury actually Fahrenheit um, 451 oh, yeah. or so. Um, yeah which is quite cool I'm almost finished that though I'm reading that a lot quicker okay yeah, so um, for those of you that are still with us for those of you that are still with us <laughs> number yes, four making book recommendations one day we'll do like <laughs> a top five you know whatever to do with the literature but um, my number four is okay so we've already talked about it so that's okay so it didn't matter that we went on a tangent because we can smash through this one and it nice. is The Rock yeah
3: stand
1: easy I thought I'd been in the service a long time. Name and rank, sailor. it's Army, actually. Answer the question and address him as General Sir. Captain John Patrick Mason, General, sir, of Her Majesty's SAS. Retired, of course. You're a long way from home, Captain. How the hell are you involved in this? Oh, I have a unique knowledge of this prison facility. I was, uh formerly a guest here. Did they bother to tell you who I am, why I'm doing this, or they just using you like they do everybody else? All I know is you were big in Vietnam. I saw the highlights on television. And you wouldn't have any f-ing idea what it means to lead some of the finest men on God's earth into battle and then see their memory betrayed by their own fucking government. I don't quite see how you cherish the memory of the dead by killing another million. And uh, this is not combat. Mm. It's an act of lunacy, General Sir. Personally, I think you're a fucking idiot. Tree of Liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Thomas Jefferson. Patriotism is the virtue of the vicious, according to Oscar
3: Wilde.
1: (coughs) Thank you for making my point.
2: So I knew when you laughed that it must have been on your list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty close. Cool for some reason, I thought it might have been your number one. I just thought this is your oh, kind was of one. movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Ah. So I'm way off. I'm way yeah? off. Yeah, So it's not actually one of it's not one of Sean Connery's best movies, but it's one of his funnest. Yes, yeah. It is so fun to watch, and I hate Michael Bay. No, I don't hate him. I don't. <laughs> I don't really like. If you well, put, uh, if you were talking about
3: like the best movies yeah like I think he makes some movies that you enjoy watching
2: right, but you right, wouldn't yeah. call them like works of art usually yeah I think that's the there, we, there between, we go yeah Yeah. so I mean I'm not so I'm not a Michael Bay fan really but um, I mean there's a lot of his stuff that just annoys me <laughs> it just you don't like explosions cluttered. huh you don't like explosions I love explosions but <laughs> he's just a very cluttered director I think and yeah. even he got very cluttered even with The Rock as well it's just there's a lot going on a lot going on and he just he just he's such a he's like is that like, what do he he's like the hoarder you know that that um tv show when they're going like hoarders and stuff yep. he's like the hoarder of film directors it's like <laughs> oh, i've got an idea i'm gonna put it here oh and then you know two hours has gone by he's like he's still got an hour worth of ideas and so he just crams them all in there <laughs> and it's just a cacophony of that's like an interesting analogy yeah well yeah. that's he's he is um <laughs> yeah um so that's that's how I see it anyway, and it's just like sometimes it's just overbearing, and I just it just ah oh, almost it's it's a sensory overload sometimes with Michael Bay. Yeah. But so it's like so it's a it's not a totally unique storyline, but it is got a cool twist on it. Um, you know where they have to break in to Alcatraz, which is supposed to be the hardest prison to break out, it, yeah. out of. Um, although it's an abandoned place now, but it's been taken over and so sean connery is hired you know and it's been done before i guess this breaking into thing um into a place uh uh, uh, snake pliskin um did it in escape to la part two of escape to new york um, where kurt russell had to break in um what was the one with guy pierce lockout as well which is kind of a kind of a remake of it but done out of space and so a similar thing where you got to break in so Sean Connery does it he's got a, a chemist next to him in, in Nicholas Cage and uh, Ed Harris is a bad guy and but you know you actually have sympathy for the bad guys because they're doing it for a great cause they just um, you know uh, you know army veterans that are that feel like they've been abandoned by their government. And so all of this plays out really well. And even though it is Michael Bay, which is not far from one of my favorite directors, I think it's just a really fun movie and it's held together by those three, particularly those yeah. three performances. Um, yeah, spot on. And so I really, really enjoyed It's It's one, it's probably of all my list, of my top five list, this is the one I've probably seen the most actually, because it yeah. so, it's so rewatchable. Yeah, mm. yeah. It is, definitely. I saw Con Air again the other day, too. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. When I saw that it had popped up on, I think, Netflix or one of the streaming services. Like, oh, I haven't seen that for a few... How'd that hold up? It, was still, it held up. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I really liked it. Um, But yeah, similar, I guess, sort of action.
3: Yeah. yeah. When Nicolas Cage was a, was a bit more uh, of an A-lister. <laughs> an A-lister. Yeah, <laughs> so that was a Nicolas... Yeah, well, that, Nicolas Cage... Well, that was just, in his heyday. He'd
2: just become an A-lister yeah. and he'd... And, and then... um. The Rock was his sort of breakout action role and yeah. then he tried to hang on to the action role for a while he's, yeah. such a, he's actually quite a well, good dramatic actor yeah um, he did Face Off and yeah and then yeah Face Off of Corny course Corny Corny, and, yeah. so, and yeah. Ghost Rider so he did a cool a few cool um, I know Ghost Rider is panned by by critics but it, it was decent and I enjoyed Ghost Rider did, yeah he, I think he played his part well. Yeah. Um it would have been interesting, you know what it would have been interesting to see Nicolas Cage as and I know it's never going to happen now, but when Tim Burton was um slated to direct Superman and he wanted uh, Nicolas Cage to be Superman, yeah. I uh, just I think the way we think of superhero movies now, it could have probably worked the dark twist. We're we're willing to sort of uh, I think uh, um, I want to say, I want to say, we talked about it last week, of course. Sam Raimi sort of yeah. showed that you can have someone sort of that's out of character play the character. Yeah. You know, he did that with Toby Maguire. Yeah, yeah. Like, you would not look at Toby Maguire and no. go Spider Man. Yeah. No way. No way in hell. And so I think, I don't know, I think Tim Burton may have been able to make it work with Nicolas Cage, but anyway. It'd be interesting. Not, mm, some of the tangent, but. Um,
3: he, like, they even, I mean, you've seen the pictures of him in the suit and everything yeah, yeah fit him fit yeah, in yeah, with yeah. the suit and everything but yeah Yeah. didn't go ahead
2: um, I heard Tim Burton talking talking about it recently and he was he was quite disappointed that he didn't get that opportunity gig. Yeah, yeah. yeah he felt like he had some good ideas for it and that was in his prob- uh his heyday as well so yeah I yeah. mean he did you know Batman which was really the first Batman was quite quite a cool sort of mm, noir yeah. um, superhero I loved, movie yeah the first yeah. Batman was awesome I think it could have done the same with, with Superman, given it some sort of dark edge. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, cool. But yeah, that's my, you know, um, that's my number four, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, Michael Bay, you know, so they're a power team when it comes to blockbuster actions. Yeah. Uh, and I think they did it well. And of course those characters, it had a budget of 75 million and it pretty much doubled it. Um, brought in 134. Nice. Yeah. So it did well, did quite well. Um, sorry that was actually the 134 was in the USA alone I couldn't find the world, oh, wow. gross yeah so I'm not sure what it grossed worldwide that so was so just I, domestic I boxing. just did a quick look on that one and I couldn't quite find it but that was this domestic take so wow decent
3: that's pretty mm-hmm. good yeah
2: alright cool number
3: three number three So where we're at yeah my number three is a crime drama thriller <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> It sounds like it's, it's your number two. I
2: think it's just staying ahead of me, but yeah, 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 carry on. Um, from
3: 1987, and yeah. it is
2: The Untouchables. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. All right, carry on.
1: <laughs> I grew up in a tough neighborhood. Sometimes reputation follows you. Robert De Niro is Al Capone. There is violence in Chicago, of course, but not by me and not by anybody I employ. And I'll tell you why, because it's not good business. Kevin Costner is Elliot Ness. I have sworn to put this man away with any and all legal means at my disposal, and I will do so. Sean Connery is Jimmy Malone. You want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. Catch the Chicago. He just joined the Treasury Department, son. Everybody knows where the
0: booze is. The problem isn't finding it. Let's do some good. The problem is who wants to
1: cross the pump.
0: somebody messes with me, I'm gonna mess with him. You carry a badge? Yes?
1: Carry a gun. Get your hands in the air!
0: You're all under arrest.
1: You fellas are untouchable. Is that the thing no one can get to you? Hey! everybody can be gotten to. All right, then. Drive him to the station. Anything happens, you shoot first. You understand me? Well, I'll
0: tell you one more thing. You got an all-out price fight. You wait till the fight's over. One guy's left standing, and that's how you know who won. Just tell me, are you being careful?
1: Careful
2: as mice. I want to hurt the man Malone. I want to start taking the battle to him. I want to hurt
1: Capone. Well, what's the matter? Can't you talk with a gun in your mouth? You're not to not approving
0: methods.
2: Yeah, Well, you're not from Chicago.
0: I want you to find this Nancy boy, Elliot Ness. I want him dead. I want his family dead.
1: Paramount Pictures presents a Brian De Palma film.
2: I have forsworn myself. I have broken every law I swore to defend. I have become what I beheld, and I am content that I have done right. You got nothing, nothing, and if you were a man, you would have done
1: it now. Never stop fighting till the fight is done. The
3: Untouchables.
2: Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, we were first, of course, introduced to the character of Elliot Ness through uh, Tupac Shakur's um, California. Um, yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, yeah, uh, directed by Brian De Palma. Um, and Kevin Costner Sean Connery and of course Robert De Niro as uh, Al Capone
2: well, uh, he had a great ensemble
3: really good cast yeah, yeah. Um, well acted epic kind of you know crime drama it's just awesome movie Sean Connery plays his part Kevin Costner as Elliot Ness and then of course I mean Robert De Niro as Al Capone I, mean, mm. I, I don't know what more can you say yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah I I remember really enjoying this movie when I watched it um, and again this is one I really want to I wish I'd had time to watch it again before this actually but um, yeah right
2: I mean it's Brian De Palma like he is yeah. he is just an um, legendary, legendary director you know uh, Scarface of course um, yeah. is another big one of his um, The Untouchables uh, the 96 Mission Impossible so you know that he, he kicked it yeah, off yeah that's right yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome yeah, what else? Khalido's Way. So he's just an incredible director. And so he, and he directed this one really well as well. Um, maybe I'll touch more on that when I...
3: Might <laughs> when it comes up on <laughs> uh. I had Andy Garcia in as well. I was trying to think of who else was in it. But great, uh, yeah, great kind of ensemble cast. Sean Connery plays Jim Malone. Mm. Um, he's an Irish-American officer, yeah. Yeah. Um, close enough isn't it right. Irish American <laughs> I guess with a Scottish, Scottish accent <laughs> again <laughs> um, and uh, he um, uh, works with Elliot uh, Ness mm. I think Can't remember and for those that don't Ness, know like, this yeah.
2: is based on a true story
3: yeah Yep. yeah so during Prohibition yep. uh, when Al Capone was supplying illegal liquor mm-hmm. and they were basically trying to catch him yeah uh, well yeah, they were trying to catch him. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. and, and well, I the guess re- they had to catch him in the act. They had to yeah, pin it on him, didn't they? And they, and, they had uh, to
2: pin it on him. But I mean, Elliot Ness is um, famous for being, well, his group that he put together were yes. called the Untouchables because they were, uh, because so many of the cops had become corrupt. And mm. so he needed to put together a task force that was uncorruptible, aka untouchable. Um, and that's where the nickname came from these guys could not be um, bought yeah so um, so that's yeah that's where I guess the nickname come from yeah and so it was a great story I've read I read the um autobiography actually um, oh, yeah he, yeah well Elliot Ness uh, co-authored the autobiography yeah wow. well, uh, way back before I saw the movie actually oh yeah wow yeah. I saw the movie late I was, like quite a few years after it had come out yeah because um, i'd read the book and i was like oh i should finally get around to seeing the movie and yeah i really enjoyed it i could tell that it had dated a little bit because i was yeah. being filled up by action movies that had come so this was maybe late 90s when i saw it i want to say yeah you know and so action movies had turned a corner um Do you find it a bit slower yeah paced, so i found anyways? it a bit slower and mm. and it for me it like dragged a little bit but then on hindsight and then i went back and i've watched it a couple times now i've watched it twice and so Mm. the second time i appreciated it more because i was able to just throw i was more mature i guess and i threw off the old the the ideas of what i was expecting yeah fast-paced action
3: it's funny when you go back and watch um older action movies and Mm. you kind of it's hard not to um you know or to get yourself out of that mindset of uh, the fast-paced action movie which Mm. we've kind of become used to Um, because when you go back and watch I mean like even you know talking about Sean Connery but even like the old James Bonds they're pretty slow paced some of the you know the older ones and uh, they kind of uh, they let it breathe a bit more than they they do the uh, the more modern action movies
2: but, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's what I've found too. But um, if you can... Yeah, if you, you know, from a mature mind, you can sit down and you can appreciate all the nuances and you can, you know, allow for the slowness of it because you, you can sort of absorb the story a bit more. Enjoy the story, mm. yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, so my number three we've already talked about so i don't need to go on too much about it but it is sean connery playing a russian captain (laughs) um so my number three is yes tom clancy's hunt for red october you're heading
1: straight into that torpedo yes doing what it's
0: turned right into the torpedo's path what red october's turned directly into the torpedo's path
1: sir mother of god
0: Steady bearing 315, range
1: 5,000 yards. Pelican, more speed. Negative. You're already running 110%. Then give me 115%. Estimate range
0: 3,000 yards, closing awfully fast.
2: He's headed
1: right into the torpedo. What's he trying to do? Killing himself? Dobson, we have a firing solution on the Russian Alpha. Can we shoot back? They didn't shoot at us. I can't attack a Soviet submarine without authorization.
0: Torpedo bearing steady at 315. Best range, 900 yards. Torpedo impact, 20 seconds.
1: What books? Pardon me. What books did you write? I wrote a biography of Admiral Halsey called The Fighting Sailor about uh, naval combat tactics. I know this book. Torpedo impact. Your conclusions were all wrong, Brian. Ten seconds. Halsey acted stupidly.
0: Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. Torpedo impact. Nine.
1: Torpedo, the captain closed the distance before it could arm itself
2: uh tom clancy because that's who wrote the book obviously that's what it's based on um so what can i add to it not not a whole lot really but it was just fun because it was a, like you know you don't it is a thriller and yeah. the fact that you don't know what the end result is going to be you don't know for sure whether you should be cheering for this um captain or not is he just trying to escape and get to freedom or is he actually a nefarious um you know evil
3: guy Mm. is
2: is he a villain you don't know and so i just i love sean connery in this he just you can forget the fact that he's not got a russian accent you it is really forgivable Uh, in fact you don't even i I don't know if i actually thought about it There might have been a moment or two but Sean Connery like this, the magnetism the charisma yeah. is just it just you know just just resonates and so you know hits you so you don't you forget it yeah you, you can forget it he's just one of those few actors that is allowed to do that yeah um, Kevin Costner wasn't allowed to do it for Robin Hood sorry Kevin um, <laughs> I think you're a great actor but you, know, you have to change accents you need you need to put on an accent you need to do an accent but sean connery you can do whatever the hell you want bro um yeah i think okay you know what one let's pull up a little bit of trivia is um the director um the last name's hard to say john mcternan ternan i forgot so the yeah so the director john mcternan or were you gonna say
3: oh sorry yeah like i no i was just gonna say um the rest of the cast. I don't know if we mentioned them before, but like, um,
2: I think we talked about Alec Baldwin being,
3: yeah, Jack Ryan. Yeah, ja- yeah, Alec Baldwin, Sean Connery. But then you've got Scott Glenn, yep. James Earl Jones, yeah, James Earl Jones. Sam of mm. So like, yeah, so that another few. good
2: ensemble, mm. really good ensemble, and they worked really well together. Um, and the director, he's a really good director, really good action director, um, and filmmaker. He is John Campbell McTennan McTennan Jr. Uh, he. Is best known for his action films, and we can think of Predator, uh, Hunt for Red October, of course, Last Action Hero, The Thomas Crown Affair, and probably his most notable of notables is Die Hard. Mm-hmm. So he is the Die Hard guy, so what a freaking legend. But. One in three, eh? Uh, one in three, yes, so mm-hmm. um, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, He's had a couple of shockers, but the biggest, <laughs> the biggest shocker that he had was that he ended up pleading guilty to perjury um, and lying to an FBI investigator in regards to hiring a private investigator to do some spying on Anthony Palicano. So this was in late 2000. So he legally he got someone to illegally wiretap this person's phone. He was oh sorry no the private investigator was um, Anthony, Anthony. Palicano, mm-hmm. and he wiretapped the phone of two people. Uh, one of who was Charles Roven, who was a co-producer of his film Rollerball, um, another decent film. Like it's had it's a lot of holes, and I like dystopian, so that's you know found favour with me just for the fact it was dystopian. But yeah, I enjoyed that one. Um, but he was ended up because of his perjury. He was incarcerated in federal prison for a good year um wow. almost yeah so uh during that he filed for bankruptcy so this big name director who had made these humongous blockbuster action films ended up having to um foreclose on his ranch crazy, and, and claim bankruptcy yeah so <laughs> so that's the craziest that's a crazy story right there Yeah, yeah so that's um that's my number three that's what we're up to right yeah is Hunt for Red October good movie if you haven't seen it why not hurry up definitely. go and see it definitely worth it yeah what's your number two
3: number two my number two uh, I'm cheating a little bit with this one and I'm putting in James Bond
2: just all the James Bonds.
3: Yeah, no. Nah. Also, I'm like gonna, that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say. Forget Goldf- your favorite. I'm gonna say Goldfinger. Okay. Um,
2: I, all right. I know that uh, that's often considered the favorite number one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Stop! Look! He's gunning for trouble. 007 It spells Bond. Shocking. He's the idol of every woman.
1: Who are you? Bond.
0: James Bond. The envy of every man. The nemesis of the treacherous Mr. Goldfinger. Goldfinger! Goldfinger! A triumph in thrill making cinema mind. entertainment. The man with the mind! A three-time winner for Fleming's Secret Agent 007. Who are
3: you? My name is Pussy Galore.
1: Isn't it customary to grant the condemned man his last request?
0: You've asked for this.
1: <coughs>
0: Come and purr over Anna Blackman as Pussy Galore. <coughs> the female who is all feline. Also starring Gertfrober as Goldfinger. International cheat. International menace. Gentlemen! Goldfinger, why weren't we told the New York and the West Coast weren't on this? Goldfinger, I made a delivery. Where is my money? And you owe me one million bucks goldfinger the man with a finger in every pie his goal fort knox the world's biggest bank his enemy 007 the world's wiliest toughest gentleman agent with a license to kill 007 it spells bond james bond mixing business with girls and thrills girls and fun girls and danger the hotter the danger the cooler he takes it
1: i think you've made your point goldfinger thank you for the demonstration choose your next which carefully mr bond it may be your last do you expect me to talk no mr bond i expect you to bye
3: and for me uh, i like well i guess uh, for me goldfinger kind of watching that when i was younger with you know with my my dad and that um it kind of ignited my uh love of james bond and so um that's that's why i picked that one out um and it is a it is a really memorable one you know when mm. you think of the james bond it's got a lot of memorable things in it um oh geez, uh,
2: 1964 it came out 1964. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would have been i guess in his mid-30s i want to say have I calculated yeah, that right? Thirty-four. Okay. He would have been thirty
3: four. Mm. Right, right. Because it was nineteen
2: thirty. It was the fastest grossing movie in history at the time when it was released.
3: Yeah. It was wow, it wow, it's the fastest do you say fastest grossing fastest movie? Fastest grossing wow, that's in crazy. movie history, yeah. Um yeah, and I've I've forgotten her name, but with uh what did I get? Shirley
2: Eaton. Um yeah, I guess she was well she painted gold in, in the movie itself. She was she wasn't in the opening sequence. Someone else. That was Margaret Nolan. And Shirley Eaton played um, uh, Jim Masterston. Masterson, Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Was she the one that was lying on the bed in
2: gold? Yes. Yeah. So she's the last surviving member of that cast. Um, yeah, crazy. Now that Sean Connery has died, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so she's still alive. Yep, she's still alive. Yeah. Yes, she is too.
2: Okay, so... Yeah, so, I mean, it's got... She, she must be about 10 years. She must be about 80. She's now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sean Connery was 90. She's seven years she, younger. He was born in 27, right?
3: No, he's 30.
2: Oh, he was born in 30? So she's seven, she's years, seven years old. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. so there's only one more member, one more cast member alive. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Holy moly. Yeah, well, fire up. Shirley Eaton has that the classic scene with her
3: on the bed, mm. painted gold. Yep, yep. Killed by... Being goldened. Really golden? <laughs> um and you know, you've got odd job in mm. uh you know, classic um Bond villain. Mm. And then Goldfinger himself. Yeah, so uh, it's just a very memorable James Bond. Um you know, you got the scene with the laser the laser cutter and James Bond's about to get split in half with a laser. <laughs> <laughs> All that kind of stuff, right? That's a very James Bond. I feel, um, yeah. For me, uh, for me, it's one of those movies you think of when you think of James Bond. Um, so I guess that's why I'm I'm picking picking that one to represent hmm. the James Bond movies of Sean Connery's.
2: Sean Connery is such a, a dude that he just says, you know, this is what I want. This is what I want to do and makes it happen. And so I know that <laughs> there were scenes that were shot in the U.S. or supposed to be shot in the U.S. But he's like, I don't want to go. I don't <laughs> want to really. like, yeah, yeah, go. <laughs> and so like, um, they just pretended they were there in, US, in the U.S. but filmed it, him in the U.K. And there's a scene um, I read where he flicks the light switch down to turn it. On. It was supposed to be in the US, but if you watch, he flicks the light switch down and the light turns on, which is a very UK thing. It doesn't, the US is flicking up. Uh-huh. So you got to like, it's it's a little thing that you got to spot wow. to know actually that they're not in the location that they say they are. But, um, but it just reminded me of something, uh, a piece of trivia that I learned about The Rock where he, Sean Connery said, you know what? I don't really want to travel back and forth between the mainland and Alcatraz every day or for <laughs> shooting. So can you build me a hut on Alcatraz on the island, so they built him a little <laughs> shanty or something. Um yeah, a little space to live there on Alcatraz. It's So James Bond. It's so James Bond, it's so Sean Connery. <laughs> he's such a dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's a man's man. He's he's rad. Very much.
3: Oh yeah, so um I guess I don't know, explain, but uh James Bond is in that in Goldfinger he's uncovering or he uncovers a plot. To contaminate the Fort
2: Knox Gold Reserve. Do you know who first heard the James Bond theme? Who first heard it? Mm-hmm. No. It was someone that had been considered for Plain James, James Bond, Bond, but never got it. It was someone that we've talked about before, and we've done a whole episode on him. It's someone that has been in a movie with, James, with um, Sean Connery. Another. Oh, his friend? Yep. Michael Caine? Michael Caine, yeah, yeah. Wow. So Michael Caine was the first, so... Um, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael <laughs> Caine. He was the um, first person to hear the completed score for the movie. Crazy. Um, for, for Goldfinger, that is, I should say. So we're talking about Goldfinger. Yeah. Um, he was actually roommates with Terrence Stamp, um, another great... Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, iconic actor. Um, and they got kicked out of their apartment, and then Caine... Um, Asked his friend John Barry if he could stay there, and Barry was the one that was um, creating the score. And then he got to hear it when he woke up. Yeah, Barry's like, "Hey, you want to hear this?"
3: It's like, "Yeah, cool." And so he got to hear, it. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. The I don't know if we mentioned before too, but um, I'm not sure if it was when we were talking on here or not. Uh, another interesting thing was that um, you know Sean Connery played James Bond, and then he was replaced by. Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Yep. And Roger Moore was actually older or is older than Sean yeah, Connery. Yeah, 3 years older. Huh? 3 years older, yeah. Mm. So he was replaced by an older James Bond. Yeah, so which Roger is Moore, kind of funny. He was
2: that Roger Moore was the James Bond when I started watching James Bond movies yeah. at the movies. Yeah. You know, so um I didn't grow up with Sean Connery or anything because he was older as James Bond that is. Yeah. So it was it was always retro um you know to go you know to see his stuff, yeah, um, yeah. But I liked it better. I liked Sean better yeah. than Roger, to be honest. I liked Roger Moore's stuff. I did. I really liked it. Yeah, I
3: really enjoyed what watching Roger Moore's movies when I was younger. But um, yeah, I agree. I liked Sean mm-hmm. Con- when I watched Sean Connery. Um, I liked him better as James Bond.
2: Do you know what else is? There? We talked about it being the fastest grossing movie at the time. Yeah. Another record was the first appearance mm-hmm. of. Do you know what it is? Any ideas? It's of a weapon. Okay, so first on screen, um, the first appearance oh. of a... Um, was it of,
3: his, of the gun?
2: No, of the laser beam. Oh, the
3: laser beam? Yeah, yeah of really? the laser beam
2: on screen. It was the first appearance. Oh, that was the first It one. was supposed to be a, a buzzsaw. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they thought, oh, that's become a bit too commonplace. So they, yeah. so they replaced it Because in the book, it's a buzzsaw. Yeah. Ah. Wow. Wow. And you're supposed to be lying there, I guess. and so iconic too, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the you go.
3: <laughs> It's way more James Bond.
2: <laughs> so we go. So um, so that's Goldfinger. That's your number two. That's my number two. It's so your number two. Well, you say all oh, the oh, strong corner is James Bond, and that's fair enough. See, I, I would... I didn't want to scatter the list with... Look, I'm know. glad you put James Bond in there because I'm not... Uh, I don't want to say I'm not a fan again because it sounds like <laughs> I don't like it, but I do. I actually <laughs> love the James Bonds, but... I'm not a super fan and I, I tend to they all get muddled up in my brain to be honest yeah. and I, like I can talk a little bit about Goldfinger um, you know a little bit about you know but I if you try and ask me what the plot of Goldfinger is and maybe the plot of Spectre I would be like um, <laughs> the same um, I, think. I don't know like yeah, you know, bad guys good yeah. guy uh, suave gentleman <laughs> just describe every yeah, day for yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know why they just get muddled up in my mind for some reason so they're just not but i do enjoy watching them at the time Big and villain i kind of just forget them to be yeah yeah, yeah. villain with so some, some strange yeah. henchmen some strange <laughs> so if I, if I ever had to do a trivia and bond was the topic i would probably blow it um you know i'd give them all out of order <laughs> and out of whack but you know i mean i know enough to know that dr no was the first and yeah um, I've got a few actual paperback James Bonds that I've collected just from oh, nice. second in bookshops and stuff just for the hell of it. Yeah. Because um, I like doing that sort of thing. But yeah, so I'm really glad you brought it up because obviously that is his most iconic role and that is what we first knew him as and yeah. for. So yep. um, my number two, though, is we've already talked about it. So I'm just going to brush over it really quickly. And that is wait. Sorry about that. What was my third? What did I say? Yeah, your third was Red October, wasn't it? Oh gosh, yeah, okay, hang on. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm getting mixed up in my mind. So my my second is another one we've talked about before, The Untouchables. So um, like I said, like I, I like this because I actually really enjoyed the book. It's just a small paperback um, called The Untouchables by Elliot Ness. And I can't remember who his co-author was, but it's an autobiography. Um, and he died soon after he released it. But it, was, it introduced me to the story of Elliot Ness. It's where I first heard about him. Um, and then of course like I said Tupac mentioned him in California but um Elliot Ness yeah something something untouchable like Elliot Ness I just remember that line well I don't remember that line very well because I just went something something (laughs) Um, it'll come to me Uh, but yeah so so Elliot Ness was uh, you know a bit of an iconic figure in the crime world as someone that was untouchable and uh, and yeah he uh, he brought down Al Capone with his Gang of untouchables.
1: You said you wanted to know how to get Capone. Do you really want to get him? You see what I'm saying? What are you prepared to do? Everything within the law. And then what are you prepared to do? If you open the ball on these people, Mr. Nash, you must be prepared to go all the way because they won't give up the fight. Until one of you is dead. I want to get Capone. I don't know how to get him. You want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue.
2: That's the Chicago way. Brian De Palma, uh, killer director. Sean Connery, excellent supporting actor. And in fact, he won an Oscar for Best Supporting um, Actor in 1988. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That was his only Oscar, right? that's his only Oscar only Oscar win yeah yeah, only Oscar win Uh, crazy for such a yeah 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 and again it had a killer ensemble so I don't think I need to say too much about it because we did um, talk about it before The Untouchables so um, we can move on to your number one or no actually let's go Honorable Mentions Honorable Mentions yeah Um, Honorable Mentions hang on have you got Darby O'Gill and The Little People
0: oh she is my dear, my darling one. Her eyes so sparkling, full of fun. No other, no other can match the likes of her. She is my dear, my darling one, my smiling and big island one. I love the ground she walks upon, my darling Irish girl.
3: I do not have Darby O'Gill and the Little People. What? what? I almost was, had it in my top that? five for
2: for one reason alone, and that was a very sentimental favorite. Like I watched it so many times as a kid, and it's not because it came out when I was a kid, but for some reason we just had lots of sort of Disney yeah. um, or Disney-esque movies. Yeah. VHS on on our shelf, yeah. Nice. And when we lived in um, we lived in Tonga. We lived in Fiji and we lived in Tonga, so we lived in these little islands that didn't have TV at least mm. at the time, and so it was just all about the VHSs that were on our shelf, and we had to just rewatch, rewatch, rewatch. And so this was one of those ones that we just rewatched and rewatched and rewatched. And it's, I think I want to, th- i have got to try and remember the second time that he sang. He sang in another. I think he might have. Did he sing in a James Bond? This was one of the only times that he sang a in a movie. And there's another movie. I'm trying to remember. We just did a little, a little bit of a song or something. I'm trying to remember it, but yeah. So um Sean Connery, Darby O'Gill and the Little People, nineteen fifty nine it came out. It's just an adventure really family fantasy. One. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's kind of a cool he plays um there's a Scotsman that plays an Irishman. So there we go another time that he Little plays Irishman. someone someone else, a different countryman but um someone from a different country. But, yeah. Uh yeah, it's about the an w. old Gilly guy that tries to match wits yeah. with the king of leprechauns. He's not the old guy but oh, I had mine, hang on. A oh, Highlander. We might have the same number one. I think we do. <laughs> okay. I was going to say that before. I think we Yeah. Because right. yeah. um, you haven't mentioned it yet and it's got to be there. Like, it's got to be on your list. Yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> it would be funny if we have something different. All right, all right. <laughs> Highlander, you know, that's that's one again, that's that's a pretty crappy movie when you break it down. <laughs> but it's really but it's so bad it's good. Yeah. Like, Christopher Lambert is not a good actor, I'm sorry. <laughs> But I really, what? Li- <laughs> but I like him. I really yeah, like yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's that movie? There's another movie. He's in like roller skating through the subways and stuff. It's called Subway. Oh. It'll come to me. But anyway, I just I remember that watching that late at night once when my mum was working at a at a Cobb and Co restaurant in Hamilton. She was a cleaner, and I, she bought me could with me, me to. One. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, like I just remember watching these. Like I saw Highlander so many times. Yeah, yeah. Highlander 2 I watched once and I was like never again but Highlander <laughs> Highlander 1 like yeah Highlander 1 Highlander yeah. 1 man yeah it's the, it's the 1 it is the <laughs> 1 it is so such a cool it can only be 1
3: It can yeah. only be 1 Highlander I love man. it the quick ending. yeah yep
2: definitely um, it, it,
3: it's, it's different too like you know
2: it's mm. yeah. doesn't he play a Frenchman in that again he plays I think Ed, he does again he plays a, does, he he play play, does he ever play does he ever play the Scottish guy? guy yeah I don't know man like not so funny um,
3: yeah his name's like oh what is it oh I'm trying to remember now is it is it is it, is it French or like Spanish or something is something
2: I've okay, got uh, Name of the Rose as well as one of my uh, uh, honourable yep. mentions um, you know Christian Slater is a kid in it um, and yeah but that's a I had it's, it's adapted from um, Umberto Eco's novel uh, mm-hmm. set in 14th century Italy it's really it's it's a really good this almost made my top five if I wasn't going for just pure favourites and if I was yeah. going for movies that I thought were just you know if I was analysing them to the degree where I thought this is the best movie this is not you know this is fifth best this, is fourth, this would have been on the list yeah Um. yeah I just he, he played a a really good role in this yeah so dominated. Sean
3: Connery plays Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ram- Ramirez Ramirez and uh, Juan Sanchez that's a it's a mouthful in Highlander. Sorry, not in The Name of the Rose. <laughs>
2: um,
3: I had Finding Forrester on on my uh, honorable mentions. Another one that I know we talked about that uh, we both haven't seen, but The Man Who Would Be King, mm. apparently we should watch that. We it's, have to watch uh, it. I keeps just coming up. Well, yeah. came up in... Michael, Michael Caine, Kane. yeah, yeah again, and one of his of top course.
2: ten. You know, it keeps coming up as one of the top five or top ten Michael Caine's or Sean Connery movies. So, yeah. uh, it's just it was one. It was one of the first ones that sort of brought them both, yeah. You know, to the big to the um, the, help them become A-listers. And yeah, I, I've heard really good reviews about it, and I, I want to. I know it's a classic, and mm. I should get around to watching it. Just haven't found it on any streaming services, and that's the way to go now. Yeah, you now we can't just pop down to the video store and find it on the shelf
3: yeah
2: um yeah, yeah it's, I know. it's not on any free streaming services so yeah. might have just you know Hopefully dip it into the pocket soon. and pay for it mm.
3: yeah um, yeah i'd be keen if i can find it somewhere i think i'll just mm. rent it or pay for it um i didn't realize w gill and the little people is
2: 100% on run tomatoes yeah like that, i don't I, right? can't, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah it's really hot it's yeah but i can't cool. Like from memory, I can't figure out why it's that high, but I I do remember. <laughs> like I'm I'm trying to piece it all together, but I just remember the so Some honourable mentioned Sorry, I'm blah, blah, blah a bit, but uh it's just it. I watched it so many times and I must have enjoyed it. Yeah, like just yeah. had it on repeat. That Darby Gill and the Little People and Muppets Take Manhattan were probably the two kid movies at like when we were in Tonga yeah. that we just watched again and again and again. Yeah and really enjoyed it that's what you had yeah it it must be great I mean I haven't seen it in like 30 years or so but so yeah yeah yeah, but it it remains you know firmly implanted as a favourite for some reason sentimental
3: yeah yeah sure
2: cool so you ready for your number one I'm ready for number one ready for our number one yeah do we say it (laughs) are you ready All right. ready okay three two one medicine Indiana man Jones. what <laughs> <laughs> no Indiana Jones definitely medicine man sucked um, <laughs> except for Sean Connery he was good but yeah yeah no yeah Indiana Jones Crusade game. yes
1: we're about to complete a great quest the holy grail Dr. Jones oh rats oh,
0: this, this, this. look the shield is the second mark. We found it. Indiana Jones is on the quest of a lifetime. Oh! Ah! But for some adventures, one Jones is not enough. Dad? Junior? Don't call me that, please. Follow me! Another way!
1: Ah! <laughs> a race across three continents And in this sort of race, there's no silver medal for finishing second. Hang on, Dan. We're going in. Into the homeland of the enemy. Nazis. I hate these guys. (laughs) Our situation has not improved. It is search for the Holy Grail. How dare you kiss me? Crazy! Don't go between them. Go between
0: them? Are you crazy? Where's my father? In the belly of that steel beast. Dad,
1: Junior. You call this archaeology? The quest for the Grail is not archaeology. It's a race against evil. Germany has declared war on the Jones boys. Those people are trying to kill us. I know, Dad! It's a new experience for me. Happens to me all the time. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade.
0: Have the adventure of your life. Keeping up with the Joneses.
2: Awesome. What a great movie. That's my favorite Indiana Jones movie me too you know I had high hopes that Crystal Skull would um, surpass it but ugh. Um, it didn't, it, didn't. No, <laughs> it did not it did not um, but yes Glass Crusade fantastic movie and Sean Connery who we said before like he was only he's only 12 years older than, yeah
3: but believably his dad in the
2: movie so Harrison Ford 78 yeah wow Yeah. yeah wow. he's getting on because I guess he was fairly old when he played... Well, not old, but he was middle-aged when he played Han Solo, wasn't he? So Yeah. Well, he was one of the older of the cast. He was in that his 30s is, for yeah, sure, yeah. 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 As in compared, relative, compared to to um, Luke. Um, yeah, who was just yeah fresh. It's yeah, Mark Hamill, sorry. Uh, yeah, so... What do you like about Last Crusade? Oh, what's not to like? Um, look, the...
3: I think their chemistry together is just so good, and such great banter. Yes, mm. uh, it's it adds so much to the movie. I feel um, Sean Connery is just perfect in that role, um, playing his father, and the way they play off each other, you know, and he's calling him junior, and then he keeps asking him not to, and yeah, they're, they're just brilliant together it adds, it adds a really nice uh, comedic aspect to the movie mm. but it just totally in keeping with the Indiana Jones you know the series I guess yeah yeah, but yeah.
2: It, yeah it fits in perfectly and rough movie. and tumble stunts um, you yeah know, no overblown CGI and just just really cool like dialogue you know yeah. between the two lead yeah. leads um,
3: even from the opening scene with uh um the late River Phoenix, you know, mm. um as, OBC, young, yeah, as young, young as young Indi- Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's an exciting opening and then, you know, that leads straight into um Indiana Jones oh sorry, Harrison Ford's Indiana mm. Jones, um, you know, protecting the same uh emulator or whatever it was that you know, that he had uh gotten when he was younger or that he'd tried to save when he was younger and it continues the story it's just yeah and um, and he goes back to the house and you see Sean Connery there as his dad and then mm-hmm. and then again uh, you know when they meet up later on yeah yeah um, yeah just yeah exciting
2: it was um. it was I think the best like it's often argued which is better that or Raiders of the Last Ark you know the first entry yeah uh, this is this is I enjoy this one Better? I've
3: I've seen this one more often.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah. It, it, to me, it's more rewatchable. rewatchable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe that's because it was made a little bit later, so it hasn't dated. You know, it's not as dated, I guess. I don't know, but yeah. um, they're both enjoyable. Like, the whole series is great. E- even Crystal Skull, even though no, nah, you know, it's got some horrible moments in it, but um, it's a great franchise overall. Yeah, I think. Uh, but yeah, there's some there's some pretty cool. Um, trivia to know from this movie and one is that Harrison Ford did a lot of his own stunts to a degree that the stunt man his stunt double actually had to say hey can I do something <laughs> like Harrison <laughs> Ford wanted to do yeah can I have a turn <laughs> Harrison just wanted to do so much of it like even that um there's a climatic finale where he's hanging onto the tank and um he's doing that and so yeah so he did a lot of his own stunt work as he did for actually a lot of the films it um, adds
3: a lot when you know like I know we talked about it when we talked about Tom Cruise there's a feel isn't it? it yeah it really does add a lot to uh, to the mm. believability I mean you know being able to see I mean you can just imagine that the their shots that they can take are so much different when the actual mm. actor is in there I think so too yeah you know they're not cutting to his face and then mm. cutting away to hide that it's not yeah. the actual person yeah Um yeah it's when mean, you can see them, you know, like in that, when he's struggling to climb back up onto the tank and yeah. then fighting that guy. Yeah, it's, it's a cool scene.
2: Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, so here are nine, I've just pulled up uh, nine uh, facts or pieces of trivia, tidbits of trivia from Screen Rant um, we can chat about. But the, the Nazi uniforms that were worn uh, were actually real Nazi uniforms. Really? Yeah. Wow. So real Nazi artifacts. Um uh, what else Harrison Ford chose he chose River Phoenix to play his really himself yeah yeah oh. so that was his choice of actor um two that's Dal- got the cool little you know
3: where they you know tie in Harrison Ford's scar on his chin you know when he yeah cracks that's right. the whip that's and right. It, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. That's yeah. the first yeah, that time he's, cool. you know, grabbed a weapon and he cracks well, it. Well, and.
2: he had worked with River on um, Mosquito Coast. So, <sighs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. he said he enjoyed working with them so much, you know, he chose them to yep. to play young Indy. Uh, 2,000 rats were bred for the movie. Bread? Bread for the movie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. um, Half of the sewer scenes. Wow. Yeah,
2: yeah when they were exploring um the sewers under Venice yeah yeah, yeah and all those rats so they, they <laughs> were a lot specifically of bred them for the movie yeah they didn't just go around gathering them up in <laughs> the sewers they actually made them they propagated them how how weird wow. um that scar is actually you just talked about the scar yep. um it's actually a real scar yeah. um yeah so it's not just one that's been put on there for the film so yeah as he said they had to give it a reason tied it into had the to the tie team. it in to the film which is cool so they got whipped by it. Um, one of the this is again from Screen Rant if you want to look it up dot com uh, number five one of the most memorable scenes from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusades occurs on the Zeppelin with both father and son hoping to use the blimp to escape from Nazi Germany and evade capture however due to the temperature on board the Zeppelin Sean Connery and Harrison Ford would sometimes film without wearing any pants <laughs> Sean Connery said saying he didn't want to sweat too much. This explains why most of the scenes featuring the two are comprised of close-ups instead of full body shots. <laughs> so the, it was so hot on the Zeppelin that they took off their pants. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's funny. Um, I love the, the,
3: sorry, just the no, no, speaking of the comedy aspect of it. I love the scene where, you know, where they're in the plane yeah. and, um, and, Indy's flying and you know his, his dad's in the back and Sean Connery and um, he's trying to shoot the, the enemy and yeah, he yeah, shoots yeah. the tail rudder that's right and then and Indy's yeah, like what's wrong and he looks back and
2: Sean Connery turns around and he's like they got us son that's right <laughs> he's it's like oh it's such great banter between the two it's so it's so sharp like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if any of it was added, but it just it feels so fluid. Feels so natural or and organic. Yeah. yeah. It does feel like they actually are father and yeah. son. Yep. Yeah. That have that have this little little bit of antagonism between them. Totally. Um, yeah, like,
3: like it feels like there's a history. Like there there's a history yeah, there yeah. and they're
2: competitive and yeah. e- even like to do with like um you know, with the with the females, you know, and competing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Or he says like and he he says uh
3: because, you know, um, well, if you haven't seen the movie, but, <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but when, because Indy's, he brought that diary that, you know, his dad sent back to him and he's like, uh, oh, it's not here. And then Indy kind of looks and he's like, you you didn't bring it with you, did you? <laughs> he's <laughs> that's like, why right. do you think i mailed it back to you? <laughs> so good. was should have sent it to the Marx Brothers. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's what he says. I should have sent it to the Marx Brothers.
2: Maria's <laughs> really so much better at remembering lines than I am um, that's such a
3: good line yeah. <laughs> though. and then Harrison Ford says something back to like oh. um, <laughs> um, but then they then after that they work together to escape
2: like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah so good it was um yeah so just just classic between the two character playoff that's why it's my favorite um Sean Connery. It was just because I saw so an enjoyable much from movie. him. It was yeah. so enjoyable, and I got to see such. A, you know, and Harrison Ford is also one of my favorite you know, yeah. actors, and he's so iconic. And he's, you know, how uh, Indiana Jones is one of his most iconic characters, along with Han yeah. Solo. And so, you know, you just you just get to see these two legendary actors play off against each other, yeah, really well. We talked a lot about you know the last week or whatever we put out the last one. We talked about like. Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer but these, are, this, these two are in their prime Yeah, you know and, and yep. just so good to see. One of the most surprising uh, reveals of The Last Crusade again from Screen Rant is that Indiana Jones isn't actually the character's name so that's when we find out that that's right. um, you know it's revealed that his real Indy name is Indy was Henry. the dog's name Yeah, <laughs> Indy was the dog's name. Henry Jones Jr. Um, apparently um, Indy was actually George Lucas's dog the name of George oh, Rickens' really? dog. Yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Henry Wars Dogs right. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Um <laughs> Number three you just hear it in my head. You just <laughs> I knew the dogs now. The what? No. Um number three, the grail Temple-boosted Jordan tourism. So that's number three from Spirit. Oh, wow. Yeah, part of The Last Crusade is a treasure hunt with Indiana Jones having to work out the location of the grail. After finding his father's diary, he soon learns that the Holy Grail is held in the ancient city of Alexandretta, Turkey. However, the actual filming location is the ancient city of Petra in Jordan. After Petra appeared in the movie, tourism in Jordan rose massively. So that's something that film industries can do. That's why we should invest in the arts, people. Okay, the seagulls were actually pigeons, (laughs) so another memorable scene occurs when um excuse me another umbrella another memorable scene occurs when (laughs) maria's doing the scene she's acting out the scenes she remembers these things so much better than i you should have been here last week when we're talking about um what was i talking about yeah maria's acting it out for us everyone i wish we had youtube going on like um what was what were we talking about and i said oh maria should be down here uh uh What we do in the shadows? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing that last time. (laughs) Should when my my wife really gets to laughing, she sounds. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Wacky Races. She sounds like Muttley. Oh, she's trying not to laugh. She's trying not to let the microphone um, pick up pick up her laugh right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna move the microphone to you, (laughs) but um. So yeah, so so Mutley is uh, over there doing that, um, showing us how the umbrella <laughs> scene. That's it's a funny scene in in the movie where um <laughs> where Henry Jones Sr. helps to destroy a Nazi fighter plane by using his umbrella to hurt a flock of seagulls into the <laughs> into the airplane, um, causing the pilot to lose sight. And crashed to the ground. <laughs> so morbid is funny, um, yeah. But in actuality, the birds 19. used for the scenes were pigeons, not seagulls. <laughs> so, That's funny. Um, yeah. They were actually pigeons because seagulls can't be trained. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> so um, yeah. So but you can train. But you can train pigeons. So the crew had to use pigeons and um use some movie magic to make them resemble seagulls <laughs> I don't know wow. if they, I don't know if they individually painted every pigeon to look like a seagull or, they, or it was kind of CGI or they little seagull suits though. yeah when was, it, when was it made what was CGI like back then but yeah they um I don't know they, if they, they made, did much CGI they made then. the pigeon look like seagulls I don't, anyway that's a like that's a crack up oh. I mean Tron was like what a few years before yeah yeah Tron was only a few years before that so um yeah, so I don't know how they did it, but they made the pigeons look like seagulls. So there we go. And number one from Screen, screen Rant. Um, this is... Okay, i got to be a bit more somber for this one. This is not funny, guys. Denim Elliott finished filming despite having AIDS. So Denim oh. um, Elliott um, portrayed Marcus Brody, and, uh, and uh, he was one of the most memorable parts of Indiana Jones franchises. Um, he he was a british actor he always turned in incredible performances um everything every single scene that he was in every shot um last crusade was filmed in the late 80s and this was during the height of um the aids epidemic and crisis you know when they didn't have cure like we do now or at least you know mitigation Mm -hmm. like we do now um and he contracted the disease prior to filming so he continued um and he eventually succumbed to the disease in 1992 um, but his charity set up his widow set up a charity in his honour. Again, this is directly from Screen Rant, known as the Denim Elliot Project. Elliot got a tribute in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where Brody has long since passed, but was memorial memorialised by the university he worked in. So, that's um just nine bits of trivia from Screen Rant, and uh and that's us talking about our favourite Sean Connery film. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Do it, Sean Connery. Sean. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Who does the best Sean Connery impression? Sean Connery. Give us a line to say that's a. Indy was the dog's name. <laughs> okay, Luke beats me. I mean, Indy was the dog's name. Indy was the dog's name. I don't know. <laughs> 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 We're going to stop right <laughs> here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we love Sean Connery. Oh, man. It's so sad that he's gone. But I mean, yeah. he gave us a lot. He gave us so many years and so many great memories and so many great films. So, yeah. R.O.P. Sean Connery. Um, thank you for the great movies. Thank you so much um, for your prolific uh, career and for your great entry. Um, into our world and exit from our world we we thank you we're grateful for everything you gave us so uh, anything to say in, in finale in finishing it up Very good I think that's a nice that's nice okay,
3: way cool. to, to end yeah thank you very much right. Sean Connery
2: so this is uh, Nate Hammond for Tonic Pop and today we have been joined by Ormsbury hello Colm. hello, Colm. hello Colm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 oh she is my dear my darling one her eyes so sparkling full of fun no other no other can match the likes of her she is my dear my darling one my smiling and big island one i love the ground she walks upon my darling irish girl
1: i oh, called you when your food was ready but you were making so much
2: Oh, it looks like they're making a Chappie 2 sequel. Oh, really? Yeah, I like Chappie 1. Yeah. I'm why white bomb, but yeah.